Amen. <laughs> All right, let's open our Bibles, please, to Judges chapter uh, 17. Uh, I forgot to mention, I uh, hope you'll forgive me, so uh, we need to pray for Brother James. He has a, a health condition, uh, might need treatment, so please pray for him. And then also, uh, he's asking for prayer. There has been a church building open in uh, Castorville. You, you know, when you come down the hill on the left, that building um, is may be available. So they're thinking of moving there. So uh, please pray about that, that the Lord's will be done. And uh, pray for his health. Amen. All right, let's look at Judges 17, verse 1. And there was a man of Mount Ephraim whose name was Micah. And he said unto his mother, The eleven hundred shekels of silver that were taken from thee, about which thou cursest, and spakest of also in mine ears, Behold, the silver is with me, I took it. And his mother said, Blessed be thou of the Lord my son. And when he had restored the eleven hundred shekels of silver to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver unto the Lord from my hand for my son to make a graven image and a molten image. Now, therefore, I will restore it unto thee. Yet he restored the money unto his mother, and his mother took two hundred shekels of silver and gave them to the founder, who made thereof a graven image and a molten image, and they were in the house of Micah. And the man Micah had an house of gods and made an ephod and a teraphim and consecrated one of his sons who became his priest. In those days, excuse me, there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. So we we're continuing to study about how to be spiritual and uh, want to just remind you of a couple things and then um, look at this text. But we see this is uh, very prevalent in the last of the last days in which we live, that uh, same things happen. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the study. We yield your spirit. We thank Thee for the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of knowledge and the beginning of wisdom. And Thou hast taught us in the way that leadeth unto life. Few there be which find it. Most, most taste the broad way which leadeth unto destruction. Help us to rejoice. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling that we know Thee, we know the truth. We're here tonight. You've given us the opportunity to lay hold on eternal life and to lay up treasure in heaven. We pray that You'd bless it and uh, bless our ministries, our efforts uh, for the ongoing of Thy kingdom. Help us to see we're important. We have a place. There's a purpose and a reason. Help us to be busy about our Father's uh, work and business. Help us to know your will and to do it. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So just a real quick review. There's three types of men as far as this study is concerned. 
You have natural man who is depraved without God, lost uh, until he comes to Christ. He will have no hope of a potential to ever be spiritual. Second type man is carnal man. <clears throat> Excuse me. He is saved. He has believed on the Lord, but he is still fleshly. So the word means sensitive. And the word actually means to peel back the flesh or the outward epidermis, the skin, uh, nothing but flesh like uh, Esau. Uh, so still given over to the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life, what he can see, touch, taste, feel, uh, dominated by the lust of the flesh. He saved, has the potential to be spiritual, but he has not grown in grace as yet. He is still carnal, very immature, and has not grown his uh, spiritual molars to... Uh, chew on the meat of the word. Third type person, this is the goal, is to be spiritual, to grow in grace, uh, walk with the Lord. How shall two walk together except they be agreed? Hide the word in our heart, forsake the world, come out, be separate, and to assemble with believers and to uh, have our mind renewed spiritually um, by a transformation, a miracle of God. So in the text, though, back then, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. There is nothing new under the sun. Nothing. There is nothing that can be said, this has never happened before. This is new. And the Bible plainly tells us, God requireth that which is past. So these things... The old saying is, same play, just different actors. Same thing's been happening. Same thing will continue to happen until the second coming of Christ. And same problem or the cause of these things. What is it? Men need a king. Men need the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And without the final authority, the sad uh, consequence is the same. Every man will do that which is right in his own eyes. So uh, uh, there was a famous preacher. He might still be alive. He'd say, look at me and my God-given eyeball. It was scary. Well, he'd get right here. Look at me and my God-given eyeball. You know, uh, the soul of man, you're looking out your God-given eyeballs. I'm looking out of my God-given eyeballs and sad to say most people they do whatever is right in their own sight they lack the uh, wisdom and the truth so when you look at right or wrong and what we've been studying about nothing is gray biblically it's either black or it's white it's either all right or all wrong. It's never wrong or right to do wrong to do right. And we should never justify doing what's right in our own eyes. Uh, we want to get to the point where what is in our eyes is in the eyes of God. So 
most people are subjective. This means that it is uh, relative, not to the truth, but relative to how they see life. The perspective from which they view life, the vantage point. And uh, I remember before I got saved, I, I mentioned this, I heard about some, uh, it was called, uh, I forget what it was called, window pane. And people take these horrible, uh, I, I guess it's a type of pharmaceutical, I don't know. But some people liked it, a lot of people were tortured looking out this little window of, of feeling trapped on a bad trip, as they call it. And that's what most people are on because they're still in the world. They still have their own seared conscience. They still don't know the truth, right from wrong. They viewpoint their life from their own culture, their own family upbringing, what may be taboo uh, in their culture or in their family, or how they were uh, educated and so when you have every man doing what is right in their own eyes, you have utter chaos or anarchy. You have the breakdown of structure, organization, and you have the breakdown of law. And when you have no law, then you have men doing wrong, breaking the law. But in their eyes, there's nothing wrong with it. The way they see it, it is justified and rationalize because all they know is what they see with their own two eyes. Now, we know the truth, though. The truth is absolute. Praise the Lord. We have the final authority, no wavering. It is immutable. It is impossible for God to lie. He is the I am, the always ever present eternal one who can live every moment in eternity in real time, we have the eternal word of God. The old King James, uh, and God has magnified his word above his own name. So you have the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You have the soul of God, which is the will of God, the mind of God, then you have Jesus Christ, the Word of God, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and then you have the Holy Spirit of God, which empowers and emboldens so that the Word of God, um, which always rings true and is true, it will always come to pass. Heaven and earth shall pass away, Jesus said, but my words shall never pass away. So God spoke his word. And in that word, we have the truth, the law of God, the righteous indignation of God, which ought to make us zealous for the things of God. But what happens is when there is no king, um, every man's going to do that, which is right in his own eyes. So let me give you just a short background of the text. This is familiar to most of us. Israel had been slaves for approximately 400 years. They finally cried out to God. God sent Moses, a deliverer, a type of Christ. He brought the plagues, worked all the miracles. He, he said, let my people go. 
Pharaoh would always try to get them to compromise. Uh, but God said, let my people go. Finally, after the establishment of the Passover and the, uh, the killing of the firstborn uh, of every family uh, in the land, God sets them free. That He parts the Red Sea. They cross on dry ground. They go and follow God with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God led them, and that rock that followed them was Christ. And out of that rock gushed uh, refreshing water, and He fed them with manna every morning except on the, uh, the Sabbath day. And then they took the land, but they partially obeyed God. They did not utterly drive out the inhabitants of the land, uh, and Joshua divided the land. And then what happened? Because of the lack of theocracy, the king, the eternal one, the lawgiver, the counselor, the mighty God, the prince of peace, as men begin to separate, they did not have a king, and this depraved, sad degradation set in, which we're seeing in society, even in the church as we speak. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now, when this happens, the forsaking of the law, so the lawgiver, the king, gives the law. The law is the manifestation of the king. They did not have it or receive it. So this spiritual blindness sets in, and men's vision becomes skewed, and they have spiritual cataracts. They are spiritually blind, and then they enter into this state of entitled presumption. This is the way I see it. This is right because this is the way I see it. Now, there's nothing more arrogant or proud. Pride goeth before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. If you think it's right because you see it that way, you are given evidence you don't have a king. If you have the king, you will say, and I say this all the time, what I think does not matter. The way I was raised does not matter. The way that uh, my family traditions or whatever it is does not matter. All that matters is the law. And the law was given by the lawgiver, and the lawgiver is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So what does it say? There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. Even Christians can think they're doing the right thing and deceive themselves, doing something wrong, convincing themselves that it's right, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. But the eyes, what they see and how they interpret life, their vantage point from which they view life, and then how do they interpret what they see if it's not the will of God? 
doesn't matter if you think it's right or wrong. Nothing's changed. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. So when you have the wrong standard, no word of God, you make the wrong assessment and you reach the wrong conclusion through your judgment. And then you have the wrong conscience. So the, the word means to know with. It means to be aware, to, to gain information, grow in the knowledge of our and, and, and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But as you do that, you grow in awareness of what's right or wrong through spiritual discernment. And the Spirit never contradicts the written Word of God. And the law it reveals who God is, His character and His nature. He's the lawgiver. But if you don't have it, you don't have a king. How many people tonight don't have a king? Uh, I know we as Americans, we have a president, and that's one of the reasons the monarchies of uh, Europe do not like the uh, experiment of, of America with the republic, but they don't have a king. Where are the people? I'll tell you where they're at. They're doing what's right in their own eyes. They're presuming, they're entitled, they justify this is the way I see it. This is the way that I was brought up. And, and remember, how you see it may be an invention of your own flesh. Remember, the world is the, inf the invention of the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. But this deception of self-justification, this is the way I see it. So... I'm not saying I'm any great example of this, but I, I know what many simple things God used to change my life. And one of the main ones was what I think no longer matters. What I believe does not count. All that matters is God's will. So if this doesn't happen, Every man will do that which is right in his own eyes. So this is repeated over and over. This is the theme of the book of Judges. So we want to look at what happens in this horrible nightmare of a loop. So you might have seen a, a loop, you know, just a loop, like loop 410, loop 1604. Uh, it's, a, it's a circle. Once they get on it, there's no exit ramp. They're trapped, and they just keep driving in circles. Uh, somebody told me a story one time. They got lost. They got on a loop. They got, went all the way around miles. Then there's the exit. They missed that one. <laughs> Had to go all the way around. And uh, sometimes uh, advertising videos play in a loop. As soon as it stops, it starts again. Some people who have... Uh, neurological problems and spiritual problems with insomnia and terrible dreams and sometimes lucid dreams. You're dreaming and you know it's a dream. You want to get out of it right when the dream's supposed to be over. It starts again. Uh, so this is what happened to, to Israel. This is what happens to all men who do not have a king. So the Lord Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He gives the law. 
When there is no king, there is no absolute truth. So what happens? They turn to self-idolatry. The self-idolatry is this is the way I see it because of my own selfish ambition or lust, or this is what I was taught, and they might be totally deceived and not only not realize it. So once there is this idolatry of the sin because of no law, because of no lawgiver, the king, God sends them into bondage. The foreign enemy will either invade or the present enemy in close proximity will take that person as a slave. Once that happens, things must run their course. The slavery, the bondage, the addiction, the defeat, all these types of things they struggle with, then they cry out to God. And through time, God has mercy. He hears their cry. And what does He do? He raises up a judge. So what is the judge supposed to do? Hear the evidence, know the law, and reach an equitable conclusion according to the truth. And so the whole book of Judges, God would raise up these great men. uh, One of them was a woman or a couple. Deborah, and judge the heathen that had afflicted damage on God's people. But then what would happen? Because they had no king. After the judge, his years were over. History repeats itself. They had no king. They had no lawgiver. They went right back to their selfish idolatry. And you see a lot of people go through this in their life. This struggling with a repetitious cycle over and over. And you know, I'm, I'm not being mean, but you know people who I'm talking about. And there's certain people you've been praying for, and if you know them, you you know this is what they're doing. Oh, this is the part of the cycle they're on. I've seen this my whole life. They're in this stage three. They're about to go to four or five. Oh, yeah, they had a chance to get off. Here it comes. They went right back, and they're doing it again. Um, Happens all the time. Now, God wants us to have the victory. And the victory comes by having a king. And to accept the Lord as your king, your supreme final authority, the lawgiver, the eternal King James, the Word of God, you have stability. You have a constant stability of growing in grace and uh, walking with the Lord. Now, this is a really... I really love these strange stories in the Judges and in Book of Samuel, the Kings, Chronicles. Just think of what has happened here. All justified, they don't see anything wrong with this. So here's a man named Micah. He steals from his mother. And he steals 1,100 shekels of silver. His mother is absolutely distraught. I lost all my money. Somebody stole it. I've been saving up. And he he finally comes to her and he says, Mom, I'm the thief. 
I took your money. And she's so hardened or spiritually blind, she's not even mad. She's not even angry that her son is a thief, much less stole from his own mama. And I've heard stories about this all the time, going in there to get some cigarette money or beer money or getting the, the change off your dad. You better watch out, getting the change off your dad's table. Um, I, I had a relative that, hard to imagine, he went into his grandma's checkbook and forged her name and stole money because he was addicted to a, a certain drug. And ended up really causing a lot of trouble for his mother financially, had all kinds of legal trouble, steals from his own mama, and his mom has no conviction to raise him, or he's a grown man, whatever's right or wrong, she's not even mad at him. This is, the, this is where we're at in society. Right. I've heard people all the time talk about, uh, well, I said, where's your son? Oh, he's locked up. That's a... That's a new phrase I hear quite often. He got locked up. They're not even embarrassed. There's no shame. There's no remorse that they didn't raise them right or something went wrong. And uh, so she's not even angry at him. And she says, well, I had that money dedicated. I was going to pay the founder to make an idol. And Finally, he, he, he gives, she says, you can just keep it. He says, no, I'll give it back. So then he gives it, and she takes 200 of the shekels, takes it to the founder. So they make one molten image, one graven. So molten would be like melting the, uh, the, the uh, metal and pouring it into a cast, make a statue. The other one is what we would call, I guess, uh, forged, where you take a hammer and chisel and tools and grave it out. And... They do this, and it says they make an idol to the Lord. Now, this is after the law is given. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. They, they had the law, but they didn't have the king who gave the law. They did not respect and honor and fear the Lord as the final authority. So what happens? They're doing that which is right in their own eyes. This is what most people are doing. Yeah, this is the type, this is the way I would like to have a church. This is the way I would like to have my Sunday service. This is the way I would like to raise my children. This is the way I see it. I don't see it the way you do. It has nothing to do with me. There is no private interpretation of Scripture. Right. You better see it the way God sees it. That's all that matters. So, he takes this money, makes these images, and he just says, I'm going to set up my house as a church. That's what a lot of people do. I'm going to go to church on YouTube. I don't need church. I don't want to go down there. I'm not religious. I don't want to assemble with the saints and obligate myself to that. I'll go to church on YouTube. And now they even have like a, well, they had drive through weddings where you could go through like a fast food drive through and get, and uh, 
I think you can go through there and get a prayer request. I, it is true. Some churches drive up to the window, uh, swipe your card. Oh, uh, this has a chip reader. Stick your chip in there. Yes, we will give you a, a little blessing. And uh, but that, that's their idea. I'll go to church at Garner State Park and hug the trees while I barbecue. I'll go to church where I go to Cantwood and raft and where there's no water uh, with my kayak. I'll do it my way. So he sets up a house of gods. Then he gets an ephod and a teraphim, becomes his own priest. Now, the ephod was the sleeveless long robe that the priest would wear. Remember, David laid out the linen ephod and prayed and begged God, what should I do when Saul was after him? And then he gets a teraphim. It gets worse. And a teraphim is a fetish, a little, like a little idol. A lot of Shemitic peoples love their fetishes, little things that'll bring you good luck, like a little Santos and a retablo. I forget what those were. And a little crucifix. And they set up a little idol. And this will bring you good luck. And the whole time, not only do they not get under conviction that uh, this is wrong, they think it's right. And so then, after a while... He gets this visitor. There's a traveler, and it's a, it, it seems pretty good in the wording, but if you read he he's a Levite. Remember, the Levites were the uh, God-given tribe of the, through the Levitical priesthood. They only had the right to be a priest unto God. He says, I'm looking for a place. Uh, it's, it's in there. It's really uh, can be casually overlooked. And a lot of people are doing that. I'm just looking for somewhere that I could maybe fit in for a while. I'm, I'm just looking for a place. This Levite who knows the law gets a proposition from Micah who has a house of what? Gods against the law of God. He says, oh, you're a Levite? If you become my priest with these gods, oh, I know the Lord will bless me. Oh, God's got to bless me now. I've got a Levite with my idols, with my fake ephod, with my horrible teraphim, with all of my uh, idolatry. And so he has all these elements. He does want to be religious. A lot of people want to be religious. He does uh, want the God of Israel involved in some way because of the Levites, right? But he's not going to the right place at the temple. He's in the wrong place. He's making a horrible false temple out of his own house. He has two gods set up, one graven, one molten, in direct disobedience to the Word of God and has his own fake ephod and teraphim set up. And now he's got a hired preacher, a hired fake Levite priest. And the whole time, he never sees anything wrong with it. His mother justifies it. She doesn't even care that he's a total thief. 
He doesn't see anything wrong with it. The Levite doesn't see anything wrong with it. And it is a house of God's little G. And every man did that which is right in his own eyes. How many versions or perversions, and it's not even a version, of correcting the eternal Word of God are they going to have to uh, abominably print in their own eyes because this is easier to understand. This is the way I see it. This is the way that I view the Bible. And so here, all these people, how can it be so wrong if it feels so right? Attend the church of your choice. Now, how about go where God tells you to go, the right church? You don't get a choice. All these certain things, that's just your interpretation. I have my interpretation. No, I don't have an interpretation. There is no private interpretation. So if everybody's right, we'll all agree, or somebody's wrong, or we don't all agree with God. There is no private interpretation of Scripture. So no Jesus Christ, no King of Kings, no King of Kings, no law, because He's the giver, no lawgiver, no final authority, no final authority, depraved nature and heart, doing what you want to do, seeing it the way you see it, God's going to bring judgment, addiction, slavery, oppression, depression, gloom and doom. You're going to get conquered and stepped on and used. And then what's going to happen? Crying out, oh God, forgive us, we, please save us. God's going to raise up a judge, a mighty miracle, and then what's going to happen? They're going to go right back to what they did. You know, how many people are in this predicament? Um, you know, and I'm not being mean, but you know, this jailhouse religion only want God when they're in trouble, only need God to get them out of trouble. Same thing. Get me out of trouble, God. All right, I'll give you a chance. I will, I will deliver you. They just wanted to be delivered from the situation. They didn't, they don't want to turn to God. So what happens? Same thing. Here it comes again. And we all know people, some of these people, and I'm through for tonight. We'll, we'll continue this, Lord willing, next time. There, you can even time it. They do this about every three months. You know, you know, I've seen this. I think they do this about twice a year. Yes, I, I've seen this. Oh, yeah. I, they do this regularly. And then... Why can't we just get the victory and go on for God and quit and get on, take the exit rant, which is repentance, and turn to Christ and have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? So I don't see it that way. Or the Bible says, the Bible stands like a, a rock. Is that it? Undaunted amidst the raging, I forget, storms of time. I don't remember. Yeah. The Bible 
stands. Amen. All right, let's stand.